0: inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello and thank you for joining to this show today. We'll have a A show full of inspiration and talking about creativity with a special guest from Vancouver, Canada. Let me introduce you my special guest. Deb Cheney is a contemporary abstract artist, author and speaker. In her own words, my life's work is to inspire people. She does this in a variety of ways. She gives talks, writes books, and she facilitates workshops. She also passionately paints contemporary abstract paintings, which add beauty and healing energy to people's work and living spaces. What Deb deeply believes in is that we are all artists and that each of us are in the process of creating our own masterpiece, our life. With the work she does, she inspires and empowers people on that creative journey. Hello, Deb.
1: Good morning.
0: <laughs> Good morning, Deb. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks a lot for for being in our show today. Uh, you are. Um, I, I saw that in the website you have a lot of beautiful contemporary abstract uh, artwork, and I see you have been working in in your studio for years. So let's go in the moment where you had the idea of, you have a project called Illuminate the Artist Within, and you start doing workshops, speaking to people. How did it start?
1: Yeah, I love that question because it actually really was a profound moment. Thank you. So I had the opportunity to attend a workshop with Tony Robbins, Mm. and it was down in California. It was called Date with Destiny. And as part of that workshop, we had to do some visualization exercises where we imagine some of our dreams coming true. And one of my dreams at that time was to have a really big art opening and to have a lot of people, prominent people there and famous people there, and to have big paintings up on the walls. And I imagined that. And in the course of the workshop, we had also been working on values and what we wanted to focus our life about. And, and Tony was teaching us about different focuses, uh, contribution, creating uh, certainty, very, having variation or un- uncertainty in your life and, and different things that people focus on. And something that is a really big value for Tony himself and that really inspired me was that his life is really about contribution. So when I was having this visualization, I imagined all my dreams coming true and being a really famous, world-famous artist. I was also thinking about this concept of how could I contribute and who would the people around me be and how could I also share my gifts of being so inspired and being so motivated and feeling so passionate. And, And it was actually at this seminar that this name came to me, Illuminate the Artist Within, and I really made a conscious decision that I wanted to share more than just my visual art pieces. I really wanted to share what was behind what I was doing and how I was able to create and stay inspired and to share this with other people. And that's how Illuminate the Artist Within was born.
0: Oh, yeah. Very nice that you you have the chance to attend in person uh, Tony Robbins' uh, workshop and that partly inspire you to to do your own workshop, but on your no, on your own niche, no, for the creativity, for the for the artist. Yeah. Now, you believe that uh, we are all artists, uh, and each of us is in the process of creating our own masterpiece, our lives. As I said on on your on your intro, also. But could you bring this idea to the to the speaking world? If you have some. Someone who who speaks or has spoke regularly or recently in public and could say a little bit of his speech and his his masterpiece, his creative process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were talking about this before the interview, and I'm really glad we had that touch base. And um, and you know, I I decided after we talked just to reference Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. So we know her now as a modern pop singer and you know i don't think the ordinary person or perhaps a regular toastmaster member that's practicing their speaking they may not think of her as a famous speaker mm. however taylor is she's on her fifth or sixth album now and she's actually written every song on every album and she's a a very gifted writer and and so through her music she is actually speaking and speaking her truth and articulating How she feels, and I, you know, you're asking me about speeches and and life being a masterpiece and a and a creation. And um, certainly, when we put together a speech and we give it, um, that is, in my opinion, a an art form. And and I see um, with Taylor's work that she's really mastered that. And and something that I really admire is how she's able to with words and visual images capture how she's feeling and um, a a scenario like she, she brings you into a story and she takes you into a a world that she was experiencing. Um, You know, for example, one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs is back to December and it's on an older album, a country album. So people that know her for her most recent pop album, 1989 may not know this, but it's so listening to it's beautiful and it's it's uh it's all about how there was um a man in her life and he left her roses and she left them there on maybe on the doorstep to die and it happened in december and she's remembering and she's feeling remorse and she's articulating how this song is about her swallowing her pride and her apologizing for leaving those roses there to die and there's such amazing imagery and word pictures, and such a capture of sentiment that she's enabled uh, to create with this song. And um, I just—it's, uh, in my opinion, it's just such a masterpiece. I hope that anyone li- is listening is going to go to YouTube and type in "Back to December" and, and really listen to that song. It's so beautiful. Um, you, you also mm-hmm. asked me a bit about her creative process. And just from being such a fan of hers, I know that for her, her music is really inspired by a feeling, and then and then she'll find a chord that resonates with that, and that's how she puts together her work. Uh, she'll she'll synergize the melody, and then to capture a feeling.
0: So the song is back back to December.
1: Back to December, yeah. Back to
0: December. So I, have, I have to check it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so
0: beautiful, yeah. Yeah, indeed. I, I noticed recently, means recently at least in the last um, last 12 months at least, that there are, uh, there have been some blog articles mentioning Taylor Swift, uh, not only about her, her music, but her speeches, that the way she expressed herself, how eloquent she is. Mm-hmm. And... Definitely, I would, I would definitely recommend people to, to check it out. Also her, her speeches, because it's not only she's really a, a creative person and has created masterpieces, as you already described very nicely, but also she's really, really good a uh, very eloquent person in a, a good role model for speaking, especially in young people, because normally we have many, Example for much uh, his- history people or much uh, mature people, but that's a really great example for the younger generations.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Coming back to the, mas- the to the masterpiece that we are talking, and also to the speeches, can a speech be a masterpiece?
1: Yeah, I believe it can be absolutely. And you know, for me, when I when I talk about in my bio about your life being a masterpiece. I mean that as that your life is your own creation. It's each person's life is their, their own art piece, their own masterpiece. And when I think about uh, speech and putting together a talk, and when I think about creating a painting, and both of those things are things that I do fairly regularly, they have a lot of things in common. And one thing we learn in Toastmasters is we learn about using voice fluctuation. So a good speech will often have this. The speaker may speak quite loudly and softly, and they'll have that variation. And that's the same with painting. And I often in, in teach in my workshops or when I'm doing private lessons, when we're creating a painting, to have variation with colors and hues that we can have darks and lights. Like say, if we're making a painting that's mostly green, it makes a better painting if we have like really really dark greens in there and then really really light greens in it gives the painting more depth and just like adding to a speech in that way. And also with a speech, in we learn how to use the stage. We may walk around the stage and we may use hand gestures to add energy to the talk and to, um, to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to magnify what we're saying. Like we all know that when we give our talks, well, you know, it's the same with a painting. And when we're creating paintings, we want to add energy and gestures and markings that give that painting energy. And so similarly, there's this synergy as well when we're, when we're creating our painting to adding that, that energy and that sense of gesture. And, and then thirdly, I would say that a good painting tells a story and it communicates something. It has a meaning and often we will name that painting from what that painting is about. And the same with a good speech. A good speech can often be a story with whether it's a call to action or whether it's a lesson or something that we can learn. However, something that I've learned in Toastmasters is when we're really clear on what we're communicating, that speech just becomes even better. And it's the same with creating a painting. And I share that with my with my students, that when you're clear on what the painting is about, it becomes even better. So I think there's a lot of parallels between these two creations that can be our masterpieces in some way or another.
0: Well, indeed, you, and you had really beautifully uh, illustrated this. I like a lot your analogies. Now, could you tell us how on your on your work how you empower people to to their own creative journey how do you do it and is it based on something special how do you make this methodology
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um so how do i empower people well i i think i would do that in three ways and the first way is i live my own journey i live my own truth and i really believe that when you meet someone that's living their own destiny, they're, they're living their own truth. There's nothing more in Mm in empowering than that. When they, for example, for me, my dream is being an artist and creating, and I really do that. And I think that really does inspire people around me. The, the second way I, I empower people, I believe is I wrote a card pack and it's called the 68 secrets of an illuminated artist. And it's 68 cards and each card has an idea or a concept that supports someone creating something or someone in creative process in a project. And so this is a really hands-on way where they don't have to see me. They don't have to hear one of my talks. They don't have to be in one of my workshops to be empowered and inspired. And the this card pack that I created was I'd been journaling and, and making notes in my journal for about ten years, and keeping a record of how I was able to stay inspired for such a long time, and, and keep painting, and keep showing up for my artwork. And so these were the, the best ideas and concept that I'd put together in this little um, in this pack. So that's a second way that I really hope I can empower people on their own creative journey. The second thing or the third thing rather is actually based in science and it's from a book by Dr. Robert Maurer called Kaizen, One Small Step Will Change Your Life. And it's a really simple principle, but it's based on the concept of brain science. Mm -hmm. And the concept is that if you have an idea. So let's say the person listening, they're really excited and they've maybe they looked at my website and they want to start painting. The concept here is that they take a really, really small step towards making that dream come true. And what happens when you take a small step, and when I say small, I mean small, like the small step could be that, let's say they have a paintbrush and a canvas and they take that paintbrush and they just put it next to the canvas and maybe they fill a little jar of water and they, they have those things ready, but they don't do anything. So the concept is when you take a really small step, that con that step bypasses your amygdala, which is the center for fight or flight in your brain. Mm -hmm. And it allows the idea to go to your prefrontal cerebral cortex, which is a really big name for just the front of your brain that's in charge of creativity and ideas. So the opposite of that is when you have a really big idea and you try to do too much. So again, let's go back to someone that hears this podcast and they want to get painting. They're like, I'm so inspired. I want to paint. And they go to the art store and they buy lots of paints and they they set up all the paints and they decide they're going to get painting that day and their brain gets overwhelmed and they actually go into fight or flight, their amygdala gets stimulated. So what happens is the idea never makes it to the creative center of their brain and they may sabotage themselves in some way. So Dr. Robert Maurer's book, and it's a great book and I really recommend it, is all about breaking something down and creating really, really small steps so you can be making small progress in your project or your endeavor without going into a self-sabotage or fight or flight or without freezing up and stopping moving forward in creating this dream or idea that you have.
0: Oh, that sounds really very interesting the way you empower people with these steps especially the last one right? that is really a lot about the psychology how the brain works and how the creative process in in the brain really works. Oh,
1: that's Mm -hmm.
0: really fascinating. You also told me that Feeling good is contagious. No? That's something that feels, feels like you use it a lot on your workshops also when you speak. And can make a big difference in a, in a speaker's performance. That's, so, yeah, that's something that I have experienced both as a speaker and as, as a part of the audience also. What is the, what is the principle behind this? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this is a great question. You really got me thinking on these. So we're, we're talking about speaking and being in front of a group of people. And when you're in front of a group of people, there's a lot of different ways that you're influencing them. So for example, obviously, what you're saying is going to influence them. And maybe what you wear Or what you do with your gestures, how you walk around the stage. And we alluded to those earlier in the podcast. However, from everything that I've learned and studied, the the number one thing that affects people is actually the state you're in, which is how you're feeling, the energy that you hold. And let's, you know, for example, you know, let's say I walk up on stage and I'm, I'm dressed really beautifully and I'm poised and I'm standing really nicely. But let's say that I'm not feeling so well and I'm talking, let's say my, my talk is about a vacation I have and I'm talking about this, this vacation and it was so great. <laughs> All right, you're already getting it. And so, you know, how is that going to be received with the audience? Are they really going to be excited about this really great? It might vacation? sound like, even like a joke. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a joke. Whereas what if I'm feeling really excited and, and I'm, I had this vacation and I can't wait mm-hmm. to share it with you. I'm so excited. It was such a great vacation and I have to share it with you. And so my energy is different. And so beyond what I'm wearing and how I look is the feeling that I'm imparting to the audience because I'm so excited. And that is contagious and people can really, it's palpable. People can feel it. And so now they're really going to get that. Oh, I've got to tell you about this vacation. It was so great. And, and so what I, what I'm getting at with this concept of feeling good is contagious is, is in essence that your state and how, how you're feeling about something is really going to be the number one thing that's going to impact your audience when you're communicating an idea more than what you say, more than how you look. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's very, very convincing. And now tell us how to make this happen. What is the best piece of advice that you can give someone to... To feel good, to make feel good.
1: You know, it's funny because I I had a prepared answer um, for that, which is a ritual I do. But I actually want to share something else mm-hmm. that that came up when I was really thinking about your questions in our talk, and that is, I think that the best thing you can do to really get into that really high energy state and give the the best speech you can do is to become embodied and to get grounded. And when I say that, I mean to get really centered and present in your body. And it's, it's really interesting because I was at my Toastmasters meeting last night, and I gave a speech. And I, I spoke about a bicycle trip that I had made around Iceland one summer. I uh, had this big, impossible dream, wow. and I rode my bike by myself around Iceland for three months. And I really, my my speech was about how did I make that possible? And while I was creating that speech, one thing that I did that really worked for me was I went for a run. I like to run and I can work through ideas when I get in my body. And that's how I really sorted through my thoughts and got really clear on what I wanted to share with the audience. And, and I was also thinking about this interview during my run and, and during that prep time. And and that's what I realized, Oscar, was that when we get embodied, when we get into our bodies and we're really grounded, I think we're clearer and we're more in synergy with how we're feeling. And people can feel that there's a solidity. And I think that makes for us to become a more powerful speaker and a better speaker. So whether it's through yoga or deep breathing, in my case, Going for that run really settled me. I think if a speaker can have some practice that supports them to become embodied, that's really going to support them uh, in delivering a speech in a way that's even more powerful.
0: Yes. So so every person has a different different ritual, different way to to get you to this state. No, that's that's part of your point. Yeah. So in your case, is uh, running is one of those
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> okay what happens if you are in the middle of a speech or a talk and you notice yourself you are not feeling good? Can this be fixed or is it too late?
1: Yeah, I love that question. I think it's it's so um, it's it's asked by someone that's really showing up and and speaking and and, um, and really looking to improve and look for answers and I it really really got me thinking and and I think um like how we're feeling and emotion is so powerful like we alluded to before about state and we're human beings and we're not always going to be up and feeling happy and feeling Mm -hmm. excited and and this is part of the human condition and really like my thoughts on that are: is when we when we own how we're feeling and what's going on and that we're not feeling good and when we're honest and when we're vulnerable, that is as powerful and as beautiful and as relatable as if you're genuinely feeling good. Again, what I'm looking for personally is a congruency. So if you're if you're stepping up on stage and you're feeling bad and you're pretending to feel good, people can usually tell the difference. Whereas if you step up and speak and you're really willing to allow yourself to be vulnerable and really own that you're really not feeling that great. That can be a really beautiful thing because everyone has moments when they don't feel so well and everyone can relate to that. We had this woman in our Toastmasters group several weeks ago and she gave one of the most beautiful speeches and I actually teared up. I got so emotional listening to her and she was talking about her process of being unemployed for three months and how lost she felt and how she was really doing a lot of work to figure out what her next career step was and how vulnerable she felt and how she would go for interviews or submit resumes and not get calls. And you could really feel her, her the sense that she was in those moments feeling hopelessness and, and wondering where she belonged and would this ever change. And she didn't hide her feelings at all. And I still remember that speech to this day, and I felt so much resonance with her, and um, I actually gave her a standing ovation when she talked. I stood up and applauded because there was so much honesty and vulnerability. So in short, my answer to that is if you're not feeling good to really own it and be authentic with how you're doing and and use that in the context of your speech and and i think it will actually only add to what you're delivering people people really respond to authenticity and you know we re- we really no one is happy all the time no one always has it all together yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's an excellent um, answer authenticity are say, saying showing the vulnerability in that situation because that can lead you to Well, doesn't mean that you feel you don't feel good in the middle of speech doesn't mean that the speech is going to be um, a failure no? can still be a success if you have this uh, you show the authenticity as you as you said oh.
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah
0: there we have been already sharing a lot of inspiring things to us but could you share with us your favorite quotation
1: yeah, absolutely. So my favorite quotation changes all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you follow my blog, I often post images of my artwork with quotes on them. And my mo- most recent favorite quote is by Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. And that quote is that success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts.
0: Mm-hmm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great quote, especially when you have some, some time of adversity, no matter what's big or small. Yeah. Could you now recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential?
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I'm, I love that question because I, I love books and I love reading, and I'm always reading. And I'm always usually reading a novel, which I'm not going to recommend. Okay. Um, I'm going to read a I'm going to recommend a personal growth book. So I usually read two books at once. I usually read a, a personal growth book and a novel for pleasure. And and right now I'm reading actually reading Tony Robbins' latest book and it's called Money Master the Game. And it's just so phenomenal and it's it's about it's nothing <laughs> to do with art or speaking. It's actually all about money and investing and really um, like getting competent in that area and it's an area that i'm really have a lot of room for growth and learning and he presents it in such a great way it's really inspiring and empowering and easy to read and i'm getting so much value from this book and i've been telling all my friends about it so i thought i would share that with you it's called money master the game by tony robbins
0: oh thanks for sharing actually i didn't i haven't heard of of that title of him it's a new book of course. And yeah, I mean, many countries in the world, we are with some um, financial problems. So the economy is not so good uh, overall in the world. So it's, it's of course, really good to, to read this, uh, this type of book. And as you say, if it's inspiring, very easy to read, well, very welcome. Yeah. Deb, finally, you could share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend doing it daily or weekly as a routine to shine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, in terms of being a speaker and I learned this from Toastmasters Oscar, I've learned so much from going through this program. And, and I think the thing that came to mind with this question is the concept of beginning with the end of mind, mo- beginning with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. So when you speak my, one of my mentors said to me that a really good talk is like a train to really know where you're headed and how you're going to be finishing is really important. And setting a clear intention of what you're intending to communicate. Um, perhaps this is that you're creating a call to action or you're really intending that your artist, your audience learn something or that they um, are inspired. Whatever your intention is. Just really being clear. So beginning with the end in mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent piece of advice. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. Deb has been a fascinating interview talking with you. Finally, I would like to ask you if how we can learn more about you, follow you. What are the best ways for that?
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of ways if you're listening to this and you're online. If you're interested in seeing my artwork, I have a website and that's debchaney.com. D E B C H A N E Y dot com. And that's my art portfolio. And at the top left hand corner of that website are a lot of social media sites that I post to. I write a blog every week. And um, I also post to a number of popular websites Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and so on. And I also have another website for the books that I've written and the workshops that I. Run regularly, and that's called illuminate the artist within.com. So, those are both ways that um, listeners can get more of me.
0: And beautiful. Both will be in the show notes of this episode. So, thanks for that. And I'm sure many of us will be going to see your websites and getting more from you. That has been so inspiring, this conversation. So, that was all. Thanks a lot. And I wish you all the best, Deb.
1: Yeah, Oscar, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's really great to meet you.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time.